Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. And how are you doing today? You know what? We always pray that everyone in the Rock family is staying safe and strong. And if you're new to our family, we really want to welcome you to our online campus. You know, I think at the moment, a lot of us are so looking forward to living a normal life again, free of worry about germs, free of worry about whether you forgot your mask at home. I always seem to do that. I leave home twice. The first time is to leave and the second time is to go back because I forgot my mask at home and then I have to leave again. But free of worry about whether that person is standing too close to you in the line at the supermarket. It's like social distancing, people, social distancing. Free of worry about finances or the workplace, job availability. You know, the possibilities of where our heads can go is endless. If we let our thoughts go there and we let that worry turn into fear, that fear can stop us and hold us back. It's not that it should not exist because at times it keeps us safe, but it has to have its proper place. And there is only one fear that is healthy, and that is the fear of the Lord. But that's more of a respect or an awe of who he is. So what we think is really important. What we allow into our thoughts and our minds will direct and influence our lives. It will influence our decision-making and our way forward. Now, I'm not very good with heights. And when Mark and I were first married, we visited Israel and a place called Masada, which is a mountain out in the desert. And I had a cable car that went up most of the way, and it stopped at a landing near the top. And then there was this staircase slash ladder thing that went from the landing to the top of the mountain. It had little wooden slats. It had big gaps that you could see right through all the way to the earth below, hundreds of meters. I got out of the cable car and was sort of okay on the landing. But a few steps up that ladder, such a fear came over me. All I could think of was the possibilities of what could happen. You know, if the wood broke and I fell all the way down the mountain face. Or, Lord forbid, I should slip and go through the gap. Not that there was actually any chance of that ever happening. But I became a limpet stuck to the rock face on the side of the mountain. And Mark had to literally pick me up and carry me the last few meters. I just couldn't move. I was frozen. Look, it was years ago. But that's what fear does. It stops you moving. And I decided after that that I would never let fear take over like that again. I actually got a fright as to how I couldn't move. It was so out of control. Look, I still don't like heights. I'm not going to be the person closer to the edge of the balcony on the 10th floor. But I have since climbed up stair ladders just to prove that I can. Now, the Bible tells us what to do with those kinds of thoughts, those worries, or those fears. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So Paul knew way back then that there would be situations and events, even now today, that would try to make themselves bigger than God. 
that we would have to actively stop the thoughts taking hold of our mind and becoming stress and fear, that we would have to take our thoughts captive and not allow them to rise up. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If we don't control our thought patterns, we become or we experience what we think because it goes from our head to our heart. Now, I'm not saying that we should be out there and unsafe or unwise. We need wisdom. Today, masks are wise. Social distancing is wise. Hand sanitizer is wise unless it gives you an allergy attack in front of everyone and you start sneezing like crazy and then they think that you have COVID. And you know what? We can ask God to give us wisdom in dealing with our finances, our relationships, our workplace, etc. But what I'm talking about today is about protecting our minds from worry taking hold and becoming fear because fear wants to take over your thoughts regarding your future, your thoughts regarding your health, regarding your loved ones. Now, the Bible tells us very specifically in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice that it says a spirit of of fear. Last week, Mark spoke on the Holy Spirit, and he spoke about how we can be clothed in the Holy Spirit, how it comes upon you to direct you. Well, the spirit of fear can also come on you, and it wants to direct you, but not in a good way. It wants to restrict you, keep you living a small life, a life where you struggle to be open to new opportunities, to creative ideas. Because fear makes you worry more about what others are thinking or what they are saying, what they are doing, not what God is up to. By its nature, fear excludes God in the equation. Now, the opposite of fear is faith. When we have faith, we encourage ourselves from the inside out because faith starts from the inside and it bubbles up and out. It's like a muscle. It just grows stronger the more we use it. And it is contagious. If we hang out with people who have faith, it encourages us and makes us stronger. And if we choose to be a church family full of faith, trusting God to do all the things that we have ever hoped or dreamed of, we could start a different sort of pandemic in our valley, in our nation, in our continent, in our world. But what is faith? We know that Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? It means that you have a picture of what you believe that God has for you in your mind's eye. And then you trust him for that even when you can't see it happen right away. You know, when Mark and I first came to Paul, we could see the church. We could see the lights. We could see the people. We could see all of you. But it wasn't happening. And it didn't happen for a long time. But that did not stop us from believing for it. It means that even when you can't see it in the natural, when the situation is crazy, you keep believing that God can and will work a miracle. You believe that what you can see in your mind, you will actually see it come to pass. It is real to you, even when it's not yet real. 
I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I wish I had a nice car. I wish I had a big house. No, faith is seeing like Abraham, that even though he was too old in the natural, he believed that he would have a child because he believed that God had promised it to him. It was real to him and it had substance in his heart. It was the substance of what he hoped for. He believed God's word over the natural, so much so that he was prepared to change his name. He didn't mind that his faith made him look foolish. Abraham, father of many nations. That is quite a declaration for someone with no children. Faith doesn't make sense when you're on the outside looking in, and it often looks foolish. Today, we're on the other side of Abraham's story. So we can see how God came through for him and how he really has become the father of nations across the Middle East. But he didn't know that and he never had a Bible. God just told him to look at the stars in the sky at night and the sand in the desert during the day as a reminder of the promise. And today we can read about amazing people of faith all across the pages of the Bible put there to encourage us to step out of fear into faith, to encourage us that we can have faith in the God of heaven because it is how God wants us to live. So let's have a look at some of the things that faith does. First of all, faith understands the authority of God. The story in Matthew 8 is called the faith of the centurion. So reading from verses 5, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, now remember he was not a Jew, he was a Roman soldier, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, and with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. We can have faith in the things of God because he has said so. We can have faith for provision, for health and healing, for love. We can hold on to all of that. Secondly, faith thinks bigger. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do abundantly more. Faith actually believes that God has got this and he can do more. Faith says, I can't. But he can, more than I could hope or dream of. When we are left to our own fears, our world becomes smaller. Paul had to encourage the Corinthians to break out of that and live bigger lives. It says in 2 Corinthians 6 verses 11, Our dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this large, open, spacious life. We don't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. 
God has so much in store for each and every person. So come on, stir up your dreams and think big. Have faith in your God who can do it. Number three, faith speaks boldly. When David came before Goliath, he was just a teenage boy. Maybe that's why he has such attitude and sass. But he spoke to Goliath about his God with such boldness because his faith and his trust was in God. He could already, in faith, see God defeating Goliath. And he told him so. 1 Samuel 17 verses 45 says, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And then he goes on into a very graphic description of what he wants to do. So we mustn't let Netflix make that movie because it won't be nice. But you need to stir up your faith to speak boldly and positively over your situation or the things facing you. God does not favor some people more than others. He just looks for hearts turned to him, for people who will believe his word and trust him, people who have faith in his ability and not their own. Number four, faith sees more. Now this story I just love. It's the one that inspired the song we sing at the moment called Surrounded. It's found in 2 Kings 6. The enemy king had sent an army to arrest Elisha and have him killed. So this was a crazy day for his servant because when he woke up that morning, he found that they were actually surrounded by the army. But Elisha had faith that God would keep him safe. And in 2 Kings 6 verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Sometimes we need our spiritual eyes to open so that we can see what God is doing, what he is up to. As a team, we always say that when something is a bit pressurized, it just is what it is. But when a whole lot of things start to go wrong at the same time and the pressure is really on, then we must be doing something right. The enemy is really upset and God is up to something. We call it pushback. In the song Waymaker, we sing Even when I can't see it, you're working. Faith believes that. Faith believes that God is working behind the scenes and will make a way. If you're going through challenges and you only have natural perspective, fear could see it as the world conspiring against you, that somehow God doesn't care. But God says, I can work all things together for good for those who love me and are called according to my purposes. That is Romans 8, 28. And for those of you who know me, know it is just my all-time favorite scripture that I just quote all the time. Number five, faith trusts God's provision. Matthew 6, therefore I tell you, 
Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? It goes on to say in verse 27, Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think someone needs to hear that today. Can anyone worrying add a single hour to their life? And it goes on. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Faith believes that God cares enough to provide and leaves it with him. And the last one for today, faith encourages enlargement. Isaiah 54, 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. God wants our lives to be stretching, expanding, and increasing, not shrinking or being limited. And faith rises to that because our expectation is God's invitation. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. You see, faith is not just about being positive. No. A positive person sees the best in their situation. But a person of faith sees beyond the visible. A courageous person will put aside fear in a moment. But a person of faith will live a courageous life. An encouraging person speaks words of encouragement. But a person of faith speaks God's word into their future. There is a difference when you live in faith and put fear aside. It affects your words, your actions, and your attitudes. We always say that it's not about us. It's so others may live. But you know what? The reality is that it does start with us. Because Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So today I want to encourage you to put your trust and your faith in God. And in the days ahead, to keep putting your trust and faith in God. Because he can do more than you could ever hope or dream of. And if you've been listening today and you know that you've walked mainly in fear and you want to walk in faith but don't know how to, I want to encourage you that the first and biggest faith step that you can take is to believe that God is real, he's a good father, and he loves you very much. He wants to connect with you more than you would ever know. So much so, in fact, that he gave his son Jesus just for you. And if that is you today, I would love to pray with you. And maybe you're thinking, but Jan, you don't know where I'm at or what I've been up to. What the fear is or why it's taken over my life. And you're right, I don't. But God does. And he still wants to come into your life and help you lay that fear down and start to walk in faith. Faith in him. It's not about religion. But it's about a relationship. It's about inviting him, asking him into your life. This simple prayer that we're going to pray together is just an invitation from you that also acknowledges God's gift of Jesus. So I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, let's go. 
God, I ask you into my life. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need you. Thank you that you love me so much that you gave me Jesus as my Savior. Forgive me and help me to live in faith without fear so that I can live the full life that you created me for. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, heaven has heard you and heaven has seen you today. And I want to say welcome to the family. God's family is amazing. And if you are ever in the Paul area and are able to visit us in person, we would so love to see you. You know, more information will be shared with you in a moment. But for all of you who have been watching today, I trust that you've been encouraged to live with faith over fear. Mark and I send all our love to you, and we trust that you will stay safe and stay connected. And you know what? We always end with this. Share hope, show kindness, shine Jesus.